Hi, people of God. My name is Babajide Arulogun. Once again, we are here to share in the revelations of the Holy Spirit for wisdom to discern the strategies of the enemy in order to achieve permanent victory. So today is about how afflictions are permitted in lives of men and women. I call these afflictions permits. This is a spiritual awakening needed by everyone. Hearing the word permits, what readily comes to mind for me is work permits. I don't know, maybe because I hear this a lot from our people living abroad, you know. Permit is like a license to operate, an allowance to manifest in a particular domain. If the government of the land does not give you permits to work or to stay, then you shouldn't work or stay. That's the ideal situation. So also is affliction. It manifests in a life based on a particular permit. Afflictions do not rise without some form of permit. Something must have attracted or allowed it. Knowing what allows a particular attack or hardship in our life is important to guide our reactions, our approach towards achieving victory. Today marks the end of this ignorance in our lives in the name of Jesus Christ. We receive understanding in the name of Jesus. Amen. The Bible says the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. On the surface, that agenda looks like a forceful operation. But looking carefully through the operations of the enemy, both in the scripture and in many life experiences, it shows that for the devil to succeed in this assignment in our lives, we must give our consent. And he gets our consent by just one thing. Deception. Deception. But the issue here is many of us don't know what success means for the devil. We don't usually know the principal purpose of the enemy. What we usually see are the attacks, which are the means by which the enemy wants to achieve his evil ends. Attacks and means to an end. Hmm. Holy Spirit, this word is beyond our ordinary minds. Please come through with your wisdom for us. Give us revelation this moment. Open our minds. Open our souls to this understanding. And deliver us from the traps of the enemy in Jesus' name. Amen. In the art of war, attacks are usually mobilized to weaken the opponent in order to achieve victory. 
warriors know that attacks are just means to an end but in normal life many people are under attacks and they believe that the battle is lost already they have stopped fighting for one reason or the other for one understanding or for one misunderstanding guys when you stop fighting a battle it does not mean it has ceased sooner or later you will realize that it has only turned to afflictions battle don't just ordinary stop great people attacks are not the victory for the devil his target is your compromise his target is your soul and the souls of others whose destinies are connected to your own do not mistake satanic attacks for satanic victory over your life they look very much alike but they are never the same reading through the book of job in the bible we see that the main goal of the enemy in job's life was to win his soul the goal was to corrupt him against his creator the devil wanted to get him into blasphemy idolatry and other sins if job has done any of these the devil would have achieved victory over him but as he was going through all of this it looked like the enemy has already conquered him yes in john 16 33 jesus says that in the world you will have tribulation but take heart i have overcome the world it means persecutions are normal things that's what it looks like and they do not make a believer a loser until he loses his faith in Christ Jesus for some financial constraints can be the attack the devil is using on them it may be delayed marriage it may be loss of business opportunities delayed fruits of the womb in the marriage miscarriages and many others these afflictions are just attacks but immediately you allow this to steal or destroy or kill your faith you lose the battle we will not lose our souls in the battle of life in jesus name second corinthians chapter 4 verse 8 to 9 new king james version says we are hard pressed on every side yet not crushed we are perplexed but not in despair persecuted but not forsaken struck down but not destroyed as much as we can love to quote this bible verse <laughs> there is a capital danger in it and that is to have a wrong assumption about the source of the hardship the crushing or the affliction one is going through it is very dangerous to have a wrong assumption of the cause of your afflictions 
So, about this, the Holy Spirit opened my eyes to see that there are three causes of afflictions. They are self-permitted afflictions, faith-permitted afflictions, and God-permitted afflictions. Please, kindly note that the word afflictions here means distress and unpalatable situations. Something you don't want, but it's happening. Something that is really, really bothering you and stressing you out. That's what I call afflictions here. Anytime we are facing difficulties, we should look through these three and be sure of which one is responsible. Knowing this, we save us from deadly assumptions and even help our faith. The first set are those that we allow by ourselves. I call it self-permitted afflictions. They are the issues we allow by the conscious or unconscious permissions we give to the enemy. This is the most common source of problems in life. We will come back to it because that's where we want to really, really dwell on this podcast. So let's move on to the second one and the third one. Then we'll come back to that. The second one is what I call faith, faith permitted afflictions. They are the hardships we face because of our faith in Christ. You know, when you refuse to compromise your faith in some situations, maybe you were given a contract and you were meant to allow some corruptions along the way, and because of your faith, you couldn't just do it. Then you lose the contract. Or you are meant to get a job, but someone in charge wants to sleep with you. And because you can't do it, you lose the job. Or let's say at your place of work, someone is trying to engage you in ungodly things, give you ungodly responsibilities, and because your spirit cannot bear it due to who you are in Christ Jesus, you are pressured to leave the job. Then you leave the job and you are going through hardship. I call these experiences materialism. Being a martyr is not always about dying for Christ right away, like the Stephen in the Bible. There are uncountable numbers of such examples we can find ourselves in. You know, things like the steps you took because you cannot compromise your faith, which results into some unpleasant experiences. These are faith-permitted afflictions. And there's a way to go about it. Whenever we go through this, we should not fold our arms. <laughs> this is a mistake that has been going on in the Christendom for a while. What you suffer due to your faith, many times, have a solution. It requires wisdom, lest the devil trick you into submitting to his oppressions. The fact that you are going through something because of your faith does not mean you should just submit. There are things you need to do before you don't even have to submit in that sense. It requires wisdom. 
There is a way the devil can trick you into thinking that since you are going through this thing because of your faith, then just, just allow it, just let it be, just let it flow. You know, it's because of your faith. No, it's not always like that. It requires wisdom. We should build up our faith. <laughs> Look forward to breaking through and to the rewards. Why we weaponize our prayers and praises. God will not let us down. Look at the case of Paul and Silas in prison. In the book of Acts chapter 16 verse 24 to 25. They prayed and sang their way out of the ordeal brought upon them by their faith. They were in the prison. They were put in the prison because of their faith. They didn't sit down there thinking that since this is coming because of my faith, then I need to do nothing. They prayed and sang praises and they found their way out of the prison. Amen. So, when we are going through faith-permitted afflictions, we should weaponize our prayers and praises. Also, we should keep confessing the power of God and our absolute faith in him. Remember Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. When they were to be thrown into fire, like the adversity, death, due to their faith, they proclaimed God. They said, God will save them. They proclaimed that God will save them. And if it doesn't, so be it. They signaled their unreadiness to denounce their faith in God. They stood their ground. The fire was, was, was to make them give up their faith. But God came through. Amen. So, let's be sure we do our own part. When we do, and the situation is refusing to disappear, we should maintain our faith and be sure God has a great purpose behind it. He permits it. It means God permits it. If you do all we have mentioned concerning a, a, what, you, what you perceive to be an affliction due to your faith, then it means that God must have permitted it. And that's taking us to the third one, which I call God-permitted afflictions. If an affliction is not self-permitted or faith-permitted, then it is definitely God-permitted. <laughs> These are the trials we go through for our spiritual growth. No pain, no gain. <laughs> For spiritual growth, for spiritual development, there are trials. Just like when we are in school, there are exams that we need to take. There are tests we need to undergo in order to go to the next level, in order to be promoted. So also in the course of, uh, of development in the spiritual things. We go through trials. You know, and these trials, they bring about spiritual growth and development and re-establishment of our faith in God. James chapter 1 verse 2 to 4 says, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces 
steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Amen. That's James chapter 1, verse 2 to 4. So when you look through the first one, and you can't find where you have brought this on yourself, you go like Job in the Bible. He was saying a lot of things during his trials. It was like, God, look at the works of my hands. Where did I go wrong? I know I'm not perfect. I'm not this, I'm not that. But I have been worshipping you. I have been staying in alignment with your commandments. I have been helping the needy. I have been helping widows. I have been responsible to, 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 to orphans. Why, why, why are these coming over me? He was able to look through the things he has been doing. He was able to see that this couldn't have been self-permitted. This shows that Job was so sure that his ordeal wasn't caused by himself. So when his friends were trying to talk him down, and trying to make him see where he might have gone wrong. He was so sure of himself. And that was why he did not fail. He did not fall. He knew these were not afflictions due to the works of his hands. He knew it was God. He had sat down to do the analysis. And because he knew it was God, it helped his coordination all through. He maintained he stand in his communication with God. He knew that help will definitely come. He knew at the right time he would be delivered. 